This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Elon Musk wants to put uh, chips in our brains. The Neuralink, yeah. God, this makes me uncomfortable. But it's happening, eh? You wouldn't volunteer to be the first to get a Neuralink? I mean... It's tempting. I have seen the movie Universal Soldier with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it does seem cool to be like half human, half machine, all steroids. But no, I think they're, I think they're practicing on pigs right now, but I've seen how many times my computer has crashed, and I don't want that to happen to my brain. Right. Or like the blue screen of death. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things you don't want to be first in line for, and I, I would agree that the Neuralink might be one of them. Uh, kudos. Whoever's going to do it, because someone's going to be the first human to get that. I think Elon will eventually do it. If he's so confident in his product, he should do it first. It's kind of like Bezos going to space, right? Yeah. You, you get in your own rocket, you get in your own invention, show everybody how safe it is. He's going to have to, going to have to do it, prove it. Does the Neuralink make your brain look like a penis? <laughs> or is that? I just mean, I'm sure there's different just styles. Rocket you can get? Ships. That's just a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming soon. Maybe you can get one. Maybe the, forget about attaching it to your brain. Attach it down there. Think, I mean, things already got a mind of its own, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they do say men have two brains, right? Uh-huh. So, You're wanting to control it a little bit more, is it? Yeah, just make it behave. You know, mind its own business. Well, how about this? If you want to control down there a little bit better, there's a new condom that is out, and one in six men say it actually makes sex better. Okay, that's come on. Not available in the United States yet. It's called the CSD 500. (laughs) Not sure what the S stands for, but I'm pretty sure I know what the C and the D stand for. (laughs) It's been in development for a while. Nicknamed the Viagra condom because it's got some uh, drug in it. Xanaphil. It increases blood flow to the area and helps men perform. Ohio State University been researching the new condom published a report on how this could be encouraging to get people to use protection. 500 couples use them for six months. 16% of men said it makes sex more pleasurable. That's not a, it's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. 16%. A lot of women agreed as well, though. Okay. Well, I mean, if it has some sort of Viagra-esque drug in there to help you maintain, I can't see it being bad. Yeah. One in six said it makes it better, so... Hmm. You add a neural link to that situation and look out. <laughs> this is a full-on weekend at Bernie's situation, Jim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how it got this far, but it's a great story. This story was actually sent to me by my aunt and said, okay. only in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> the Kelly clan is is uh, having a chuckle about this one. Very proud. Dude. Well, this would be my my girlfriend's aunt. They're, they live in England. I think they laugh at Irish people. Kind of like we laugh at Newfies almost. You know, I think that's the kind of We're not allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> I, blame the, not, I blame the uppity British then. That's not acceptable. So this is what happened. Uh, there's two guys. Well, three guys walked into a pension office. One of them was there to collect their pension, 66-year-old Peter Doyle. Um, The other two men that were with them were were very close to Mr. Doyle, like physically close to him. 
almost looked like they were holding him up. <laughs> yeah, you know, like when uh, Michael Jackson has those fake dancers on his shoulders. Was that Michael Jackson? No, that was that? like a Michael Jackson, like the guy who does the Village People. Yeah, and he does all of them, and they're all puppets. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like one that. real guy in the middle with it's the like fake that? guys. It's like that. But so the reverse. So Peter uh, Doyle was in the middle. Um, these two men had been there earlier, trying to collect Mr. Doyle's pension, but they were told unless. Mr. Doyle was there in person to sign a document. They could not release his check. So they came back with, uh, with Peter and um, the, the, the person working at the pension office got a little concerned with how pale Mr. Doyle was looking. Okay, sign number one. It was at this point that the two men with him panicked and dropped him on the ground and ran out of the office. (laughs) So close. Yeah, uh, 66-year-old Peter Doyle was dead. Mm -hmm. Now, they claim he died on the walk over. (laughs) What are the odds? And they didn't notice. Uh, Police weren't buying it. Uh, Officers say that they they went as far as as making it look like like Mr. Doyle was waving at people. (laughs) I wonder if they had a stick to his hand. Or a string, maybe. I also love it too. They described him when they were, when they were carrying the, the 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 unfortunately dead man into the post office. His feet were dragging behind him. Uh-huh. Like they didn't tape the legs to their legs and like have them moving or anything. Well, it was like purely an unconscious or dead person. Everybody knows you just uh, you, you pretend that he was really drunk the night before, right? Yeah, put sunglasses when on. You're him. trying to pretend a dead body is still alive. You just make comments like, "Oh, big night at the pub last night, eh, Peter?" <laughs> you know, Mr. Doyle. <laughs> Detectives are attempting to establish what laws were broken during the incident because it's kind of a rare one. <laughs> I believe fraud's on there somewhere. But these two men are in big trouble. And the mayor of the town this happened in says, I cannot believe anyone would do something like that. It beggars belief. I'm just shocked. It's like an Alfred Hitchcock movie. <laughs> But funnier. Great effort. I mean, I mean, obviously terrible people, but boy, they went for it. I wanna see you Taz and Jim, it's time for sports with our sports guy Devin Peacock. Dev. Pretty small class going into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame this time around. It is a class of one. David Ortiz has done what not many players do, which is get in on the first year he was eligible. One of the uh, many annoyances I always have with uh, halls of fame and the voters who put them in is sometimes uh, the writers have this pig-headed opinion that a player can't get in on the first year. You have to be really good and earn your spot in, which to me is stupid. If you're a Hall of Famer, you should make it in. The only reason a player should not make it in is if there are so many other players ahead of them that there's a limit on how many people can go in. That's not the problem this year. David Ortiz is the only person going in and it's 
Also notable this year for those who will not be going in because Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa have all been on the ballot for 10 years and not made it in. So they will now no longer be on mm. the ballot to get into the hall. And you disagree with that. The, the logic there is they did a lot of a drugs. They're, they're, they were the steroid poster boys. The writers don't think they should be in the hall. You disagree with that. I disagree 100%. You cannot tell the story of baseball and the Hall of Fame tells the story of baseball without talking about Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa. You can even go back further. Uh, Pete Rose, like Alex Rodriguez, is in his first year of eligibility right now. He's looking like he's on the fast track to a Barry Bonds ending. He got only 34% of the ballots that uh, so came A-Rod, out So, A-Rod, you yesterday. don't think we'll get in? I don't think he's going to get in. Maybe he will do enough to resuscitate his his the way people view his character because that's what's holding him back right now. But A-Rod, I don't know how you can look at his career and not think he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he cheated, but his stats still count. Like if Barry Bonds is not the all-time home runs leader, then take away his home runs. But he is, so put him in the Hall. They didn't take away the, the World Series title from the Houston Astros, and they cheated. For the longest time, even when uh, Barry Bonds uh, was was. Cheating, there were no, you know, penalties against it, and a lot of the players he was facing were also doing it. It just so happens that, like, his head swelled up to the size of, you know, like Jupiter. <laughs> like, it was pretty obvious what was going on there, it and his is. head's now back to normal size. So now that his head is back down, he's back. He, his head can fit in the Hall of Fame, so now he can be in the. Hall. It is amazing if you do a Barry Bonds flip book with pictures of him from his first year in Major League Baseball to his last. It's something else. The final years is a hot air balloon. <laughs> floating away. But Dev, I bet you you also think Millie Vanilli should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. A cheater is a cheater is a cheater. You do not want to send that message forward to young players saying, oh, if you cheat, you can still be a hero. You can't. Well, then take away all his stats because his stats are still valid for Major League Baseball. If he's invalid to be in the Hall of Fame, take away his stats. Do you think these guys care? You, you think Bonds, Clemens, Sosa, Schilling are upset that they're not going to be in the Hall of Fame? Well, Roger Clemens put out a statement uh, yesterday saying he put the Hall of Fame in his rearview mirror a long time ago. He claims he doesn't care. To me, I don't see how you can't care. He's a competitor. Why wouldn't you care? But he also said he went into baseball to play the sport and to have you know generational change for his family. Roger Clemens is a very rich man. He can go uh, pour his sorrows with a nice steak dinner uh, for, for not making it to the Hall of Fame. So they say they don't care but i think they do do you think that steak will have any artificial hormones injected into it <laughs> or it just better. the guy eating it <laughs> thanks dev <laughs> monkey update the truck carrying crates of monkeys that crashed in pennsylvania mm -hmm. the good news is of the four escaped monkeys, they have caught all of them. So there, there's no more laboratory monkeys on the loose. Yeah, the monkeys were on their way to or from a laboratory. From. From. And then to another one. One laboratory to another laboratory. Mm -hmm. A little lab hopping. 
The the truck uh, got an accident and crates of monkeys spilled across the highway. Uh, so the good news is they found all the monkeys, all the lab monkeys. Bad news, Jim? Uh, bad news is, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's a big deal, but the bad news is one of the women who interacted with the monkeys after the crash is now sick with some mysterious disease. Uh, yeah, because the labs they were going in between were CDC con- uh, labs, which is the Center for Disease Control. Not not sure what exactly was going on with these monkeys, but uh, not a good sign. This lady apparently pulled over after seeing the crash. These monkeys were in crates that then fell onto the highway. So she walked up to the crates. Uh, she thought they were cats because she heard the monkeys hissing at her from inside. Um, she didn't crate cut- of cats. You know, <laughs> just the <laughs> no? cat yeah, your, your everyday cat crate. <laughs> Must be cats in there. Um. And then uh, I'm hearing she, hissing from a crate. I'm not going any no, closer. No, I'm, I'm thinking rattlesnakes. I don't anything that hisses is not a good sign. How about raptors? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, could be a truck the, no, going to raptors, Jurassic Park. The raptors purr a little, Taz, so you get close <laughs> and they get they, your guard down. You get your ear through. up to it. Uh, Clever but anyway, she girl. didn't touch the monkeys. The monkey, <laughs> monkeys didn't touch her, but she did step through a lot of monkey feces and mm. had an open wound on her hand. Oh. So she called some sort of like, I don't know, monkey disease hotline, and they said, uh, <laughs> come on in. She now has uh, a cough, uh, a mysterious oh case of pink eye, and Yikes. they're telling her to quarantine for 31 days. But now who has she interacted with? Did she go to Starbucks after I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure you probably got a, th- a thirst or a hunger on after helping a bunch of monkeys. You know, do you go to McDonald's after? Or do you yeah. go straight home, straight to the, the hospital? I don't know. You're burning calories, pushing around monkey crates. It could just be a Need to refuel on the way home. A p- pink eye, very common when it comes to fecal matter. Often not that serious. Could be, but often not. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully that's all it is. But, of course, of course this happens. Hey. <sighs> Well, people will forget about COVID pretty quick if some sort of uh, monkey zombie disease has yeah, just yeah. been released in I'm Pennsylvania. I'm looking to monkeypox myself. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 31 days. We hope her eye clears up and, and she's okay. Um, uh, they got they got the uh, the monkeys, though. They found them all. <laughs> they found them all, but then they euthanized them. Oh, they did? These poor monkeys, man. Like, uh, what a roller coaster. You break out from the lab, finally, after these torturous tests they're putting you through. Case of freedom. Giving, purposely giving you diseases. You escape. The gods cause a car crash, and you get out free. You're in a tree again. Yeah. And then you get shot. Well, they don't have to live with the guilt of giving that woman pink eye. <laughs> no, they died happy knowing they spread it. <laughs> <laughs> See a humanity? If we're going down, we're taking you with us. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I can't lie. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Who do you trust? The great one, Wayne Gretzky, turns 61 years old today. We all have a fact about Wayne, and you have to guess who's telling the truth. Our contestant is Sue. Hi, Sue. Hi. Okay, so uh, let's get you to go first here. Jim Kelly, what is your fact about Wayne Gretzky? The number 99 jersey, iconic, the number itself, but also part of it uh, is iconic. The part that's tucked into his pants. That was something he did for years, Wayne Gretzky. 
Yeah, Gretzky would always tuck his jersey in, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, kids trying to be Gretzky, you know, growing up would also tuck their jersey. And a lot of people would say, oh, it's, you know, he's tucking it in so that if a defenseman was yanking on his sweater, you know, you could call a penalty more easily because you could see it. But it's actually because he was a little kid and he was so good when he was six years old that he was playing with 10-year-olds. And so his jersey would be way too big for him because he was so young. So he would tuck it in to his pants. And then that was just the tradition that remains. So he just got used to wearing a jersey that was a little too big for him. Yeah, yeah. That's why he'd tuck his shirt in. Hmm. That sounds ridiculous. Why wouldn't he just get a jersey that fits him? He's, he's the greatest hockey player in the world. Whoa, not all these teams are bankrolled, you know. Sometimes you only have larges. <laughs> okay, Sue, let's go to Devin Peacock. Devin, what is your fact about Wayne Gretzky? Here's what you need to know about Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is great on the ice, and he was, had a great career, but also he was even better off the ice. Wayne Gretzky is the majority shareholder of the Snuggie. Really? The Snuggie? The blanket that you can wear? I hear he tucks half it in, too. <laughs> he tucks the corner into, into his waistline, yeah. Uh, wow, I'd never heard that, Dev. Thank you very much. Uh, Sue, here is the truth about Wayne Gretzky. Why would Taz lie to you? I never. Why would I start now? Exactly. Okay, um, there was a cartoon. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a Saturday morning cartoon called Pro Stars. Oh. And it was about Wayne Gretzky, mm-hmm. Bo Jackson, the baseball slash football player, and Michael Jordan teaming up to fight crime. Uh, I used to love that cartoon. I thought it was fantastic. Anyways, um, Wayne Gretzky did not voice himself on that show. He he went in and he tried to do it for an episode or two, but he just didn't have the acting chops and he wasn't into it. So he asked one of his neighbors to to voice the role for him. And that neighbor was Daniel Day-Lewis, Academy Award winning mm, actor. Because he moved to L.A. Yeah, he moved to L.A. So the uh, the character of Wayne Gretzky, the voice of Wayne Gretzky on the Pro Stars Saturday morning cartoon was voiced by Daniel Day-Lewis. And when he found out he got the role, he actually moved to Brantford, Ontario, lived in a one-bedroom apartment for about six months. Then he went out to Edmonton and played men's rec league hockey. You know him. He's method, yeah, right? Yeah, man, he's good. When he gets into a role, he gets into a role. But uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, Academy Award-winning actor, was the voice of Wayne Gretzky on that cartoon. So who are you going to trust? Is it Jim with the, uh, the the stupid thing about tucking his jersey in? Is it Devin Peacock that Wayne Gretzky is the majority shareholder in the Snuggy empire? Or is it myself, Taz, that he was voiced by one of the greatest actors of all time? I don't know. You guys make it hard to choose. Mm-hmm. That's the point of the game. Yeah, I know. We're, um, we're a bunch of dirty liars. I, <laughs> I don't know who to trust. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go with Jim's. Nice move. Woo! <laughs> it is true. <laughs> yeah. He got used to wearing the bigger jersey, so he always would just do the the side tuck, right? Mm -hmm, Yeah. Awesome. We're keeping an eye on this, uh, the the Freedom Convoy, as they're calling it, that is traveling across Canada, uh, notably from British Columbia all the way to Ottawa, but there's other factions traveling from out east, um, 
down by Windsor. There's truckers who are going to be driving up to Ottawa as well, so they're all kind of meeting in the nation's capital on Saturday is when they're they're supposed to arrive there, which I guess is good. It's not a work day, so it won't bung up traffic, uh, regular commute traffic. Are the politicians even working on Saturday? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Maybe going out to a fancy dinner. I, well, I guess not because of COVID. Not making any public appearances. We were talking about how many trucks were involved in this, specifically the convoy out of BC. Somebody sent Jim a message saying there's 50,000 trucks, which, and I, I called BS. I'm like, there is no way there's 50,000 yeah. trucks in this convoy. That's insane. That's not just what somebody sent me to. That is the, uh, that's the narrative or the message that is being shared all over Twitter, that 50,000 is the number that is everywhere. Uh, they rolled through Regina yesterday. The police were counting. They estimated around 1,200, which is a, a lot of trucks. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of trucks, but when you set the bar at 50,000, 1,200 is a bit of a letdown. Yeah, just don't set that bar. Yeah, 1,200. The, the, the trucks would go on for, like, if you're a, driving down the, the highway and you pass 10 trucks in a row, you'd be like, well, that was yeah. a lot of trucks. Well, I would say pandemic math is a little off. You know, it was also two weeks to slow the spread, and it's been two years. <laughs> so 1,200 trucks and 50,000 trucks is about on par. And who knows if they counted correctly. This is, this is trucks and other vehicles in the convoy. They estimated about 1,200 vehicles going through Regina yesterday. Um, I, I will round up to 2,000 which is, again, a lot of trucks that will cause some significant traffic problems for anyone who encounters it. The drivers are saying they're being uh, safe. They're not blocking any emergency vehicles from getting through. Are they all in the right lane, I wonder? I, I in think the trucker lane? I think they're staying in, in one lane uh, for the most part. Yeah. Some of those Trans-Canada highways, though, it's... Uh Goes down to one lane for like oh 50 kilometers God. and then two lanes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? You see the, you see the, uh, the, the passing line on the road and you're like, oh, here's my opportunity. And you get out there and they're like, there's 2,000 trucks. You would have to hammer the gas and then you'd end up in the middle of the convoy. I guess I'm part of the convoy now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if those vehicles are getting counted. <laughs> the people who accidentally got stuck in it. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't exit the highway. <laughs> Uh, so we are told by one of our listeners, Richard says that, uh, the Windsor and Sarnia group will be heading through London from what he has been told around 11 to 12, um, in the morning tomorrow. So again, not rush hour, which is good, but through London, 11 to 12. And then the big convoy, if you look at where they are, they may be hitting Ontario now, so if they're going to come down and go through Toronto, that could happen at some point tomorrow morning. Um, we'll keep an eye on that for you, too. But, uh, yeah, the trucks are they're, they're, they're rolling for sure. Um, there have been uh, truck groups, national truck organizations that say they are not behind the convoy that they don't support what is going on here. There's been other truckers who have spoken out saying that this they're not speaking for me, but there's definitely a large number. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was aggressive. Of, of trucks out there 
heading towards Ottawa to protest the vaccine mandates for truck drivers heading into the United States. If you know anything about this, if you want to share some information, because we're trying to find like the route, the map, I guess it depends uh, on how many pee breaks they have to take, how many Ziploc bags and bottles they brought with them for the for the drive, right? <laughs> Gatorade bottles, yeah. In terms of when they're going to hit the Taz and Jim listening area, but we just want to make sure listeners are aware so everyone stays safe and, and knows uh, how to how to plan their day if the trucks are hitting Toronto, Hamilton, London uh, tomorrow or, or or Friday. Okay, so if you do know anything, let us know. We'll pass it on. The GoFundMe for this this uh, trucker convoy mm-hmm. over four million dollars. Did you see that, Jim? I did. I did, and I did see there's some controversy. I guess GoFundMe is now clamping down on these big fundraisers, regardless, especially political fundraisers when there's a lot of emotion behind it and a lot of people willing to donate, but there's not necessarily an end goal to where the money is going. Yeah. So I don't blame GoFundMe for wanting to see a plan of action. I hope there's not too much controversy there and the money goes to somewhere. They were holding back the money. I believe it's been released, but they were holding it back until they they found out exactly what... Four four point five million dollars sounds like a lot of gas and beef jerky. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't you know, know where the money would go. I don't know if it's to ease the shelves, the grocery stores, maybe to food banks. I'm not exactly sure what the demands are. The organizers have said that it's going to fuel food lodging for drivers in the convoy, and that the remainder of the money. After the protest is over, whatever's left, they're going to donate to veterans charities okay. in the country. So that's that's what they said. And I, GoFundMe was like, okay, well, we'll take the money. But that's a big chunk of change, mm-hmm. $4.5 million raised for this convoy. We'll keep you up to date here. Also, global news on it, of course. You can follow along uh, with the, uh, the latest at globalnews.ca. How about this? A, uh, a deputy in Colorado was forced to retire. She was given a $30,000 settlement after her co-workers discovered her OnlyFans page. And I know we've been, uh, we've been flirting with the idea, Jim, of getting one of these ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've had a couple practice shoots. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I need to get in better shape first. Camera no, no, adds no, 10 dude. pounds. Dude, there's a fetish for that. That's Don't a great thing you. about OnlyFans. No, no, there's an audience for it. Let them find yeah, what the they're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Middle-aged bald man with hair <laughs> everywhere on his body but where he wants it. Oh, subscribed. <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this deputy, she, uh, she had to retire. Hmm. Here she is. Uh, explaining why she thought it was okay that she had the OnlyFans page up and active. I was doing it off-duty, and it was never anything criminal. This doesn't even affect the person that reported it. It doesn't affect my work. It doesn't affect my employees. It doesn't affect the community. I think some people view what I did for fun as being a sex worker, but I'm still the same person I was. For the 18 months, the page existed and nobody knew. And again, OnlyFans is for naked sex stuff, right? It, I Majority mean, you're a sex, of the time? Like, 
I mean, I guess that technically, I mean, a lot of people would say that officially means a prostitute, but I don't know. Is a stripper? Uh, She says she was sleep uh, doing sex acts with her husband and and posting naked pictures of herself. Sounds like you're working with sex to me, aka sex. I don't care. (laughs) I don't know. I don't really care. And I don't have a problem with her doing it. I mean, I could see if she was wearing the county's police uniform or, mm. you know, using like, you know, government issue handcuffs because that would be a misuse <laughs> of government, you know, uh, Or items. the billy club. <laughs> you can't be using that at home. I better go in the dishwasher after at least. Taser, whatever. But I, I, I've seen this before but with like a teacher, you know, and, yeah. like, I, and that kind of makes a little more sense because, you know, if the students... You know, there's a there's a conflict of interest there. The police thing, I don't really understand where the conflict of interest is. But still, imagine showing up, you're there to arrest somebody, and they're like, do I know you? <laughs> Sounds awesome. You, Your fantasy has come true. You look so familiar to me. So <laughs> Where's forced, your husband? Forced to retire. Say hi to Gary for me. <laughs> uh, seems like a nice guy. <laughs> Very giving lover. Wednesday, January 26, 2022, also known as National Spouses Day. Jim, Hmm. this is one of the last years that you won't have a spouse for National Spouses Day. (laughs) You got one lined up. I I spouse in waiting. (laughs) Do you like that term better than fiancé? Spouse in waiting? Yeah. I know you're not a fan of fiancé. Yeah, you know I'm not a fan of the French. (laughs) I'm joking, I love French people, but that word itself... It's just, it's hard, it's annoying to say. My fiancé. And I think it's annoying to say when, the thing that bothers me the most is when I say girlfriend, then people want to correct me and then say fiancé. It makes me want to say it even less. Girlfriend? Oh, does your fiancé know about her, Jim? (laughs) Do we really need National Spouse Day so close to Valentine's Day? I mean, I feel like we're pulling double duty here. Yeah, maybe you should uh, plop it in the middle of the summertime. Yeah. Right? When the spouses need a little pick-me-up. Uh, here's some stats. There is a survey done about uh, spouses. Things people appreciate about their spouse include they're a hard worker. I can be myself around them. They make me laugh. They're smart. They're supportive. They're a great parent. Okay? Uh, 45% of married couples usually celebrate Valentine's Day in one way or another. 80% of spouses say Valentine's Day was a much bigger deal before they got married, though. For who? For which, like, I mean, is this a reciprocal Valentine's Day? For the Day? man or the woman? Was was the woman always going over the top and getting her husband some or her boyfriend at the time something really special, or was it a one-way street? Doesn't say. Hmm. I have suspicions. 16% of people say they argue with their spouse on a regular basis. 10% say they love their spouse, but sometimes wish they were single so they could experience dating again. Uh-oh. 17% of people surveyed agreed with the statement, my spouse is a slob. <laughs> <laughs> I might be that slob, not going to lie. Yeah. So, yeah, not all, not all uh, relationships are perfect. And we know that here on the Taz and Jim program, which is why for Valentine's Day, once again, we are giving away a divorce. Taz and Jim, when a divorce is back. Only if you want it. Only if you want it. If we want to help you out of what is never a fun situation with $5,000 to spend on your legal fees um, from our friends at Millar's Law. Also, City Center Storage is going to give you a storage locker if you need it to move some stuff out of the house while you find... Uh, 
your new place, get back on your feet. You can store your stuff courtesy of us and, and City Center. If you want in on this, all you got to do is tell us about your situation and enter online right now, y108.ca or fm96.com. It is back. This could be the last National Spouses Day that you have a spouse, <laughs> which could be a great thing for you. And if you want in, y108.ca or fm96.com. Win a divorce with Taz and Jim. Today is January 26, 2022. Also known as National Spouses Day. We mentioned this earlier in the show, and we got a text message here from our listener, Brittany. She says, could you please wish my husband a happy Spouses Day? His name is Rob. He's a slob, but he's my slob. Aww. <laughs> Rob the slob. Happy Spouses Day from your loving wife, Brittany. Yeah, we, we mentioned a, a survey. 17% of people, that's pretty high. 17% of people agree with the statement, my spouse is a slob. <laughs> It's a, a pretty aggressive term, like a little messy, doesn't pick uh-huh. up. Every, a slob means something very specific. Rough in my around mind. the edges, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> a little absent-minded, maybe. Slob is, you've got multiple food stains on your shirt, and you can't remember the last time you've eaten that food. Yeah, yeah. And you wear the same shirt for five days. Stink. Doesn't I don't even need to shower. I don't even need to shower. I don't even smell. Who's the slobbier between you and, sorry, not your fiance. What are we calling her now? Your spouse in waiting? Yeah, yeah. Your future spouse? Between you and <laughs> yeah. your future spouse, Sarah, who's the slobbier? Um, Be careful. Well, in my, this is what I, this is what happens. I go, I come home and the house is a mess and I go, Sarah, this, she's just, Oh man, now I got to clean up this me- this mess. It's m- all her stuff. I start cleaning up only my stuff out of protest, and by the time I clean up only my stuff, ninety percent of the mess is gone. And I go, oh, it was all me. It was <laughs> you. Yeah. I'm the slob. Okay. That never ends. I by was projecting. the way, uh, yeah, I project as well. Mm-hmm. Every time I walk in, I'm just like, yeah, I'm the only one who cleans up around here. Mm-hmm. Just let me put all the stuff that belongs to me away before I say it too loudly. <laughs> okay, not a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shut up. Uh, here's another message. This is this is good for National Spouses Day. It says, Hi, Taz and Jim. My wife and I are going to Ottawa this weekend to support the Freedom Rally. It's very important right now that we stand up for our rights. Has there ever been a government that has divided Canadians more? Let's end the lockdowns and the mandates, pick up the pieces, and get back to being a great free country again. Have a great weekend. So I guess uh, I guess this, this guy and his wife are taking part in the, the trucker convoy there, the freedom convoy that they're calling it. It's going to Ottawa. Imagine the sweet lovemaking that's going to be going on in the, some of the back of those truck cabs. Yeah, you know what they say, Jim. What? The couple that trucks together. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.